Welcome back to the Health, Love, and Happiness podcast. Happy 2023, friends. I know this is the second episode of 2023, but I hope everybody's having a great start to your new year. I hope if you've made New Year's resolutions, you are you are tackling those one step at a time. If you have made a New Year's resolution and it's not going well, take a step back, make something, pick one thing that you want to focus on and do that one thing. I always like to revisit people about the, around this time when they make these massive New Year's resolutions around wellness and to not, if you are discouraged or you've had some setbacks, to not not just embrace that failure, kind of get up and reset a little bit and find, make those goals a little bit more reachable so that you can have success. So that's my little tip on the new year. And today we've got an awesome episode, one that I get asked a lot about, and I think it's going to be informative. Um, And that is on the topic of alcohol. So Before we get started with this, this is a very sensitive topic with wellness. It is one that I get asked pretty much every client I meet with, friends, family. It's just something that's always kind of talked about. And if it's not talked about, it's just overlooked on their wellness journey. And I think it is a component that should not be overlooked. And before I really dig into the nitty gritty, I want you to know that there's no judgment on this podcast. So when I say what I do, that's what I personally do. You guys know wellness is a personal choice. I don't think it's a one size fit all. I think that you have to figure out these personal choices for yourself. And alcohol is one that is a very personal choice. So when I tell you what I do, that's not necessarily to say that is what you should do. That is just where I am, and hopefully you can get some information from it. Maybe it makes you start to think about your relationship with alcohol and your relationship and how you want your wellness to look, and maybe that's a piece that you've been overlooking, or maybe you just turn it off in the beginning and say it's boring, whatever. I don't really care. I just want you to know that there are some pieces to alcohol that you should be aware of if you're on a true wellness journey. So let's dig in, guys. I Like I said, this is a topic that I get asked all the time. And I think in today's society, it's one that, especially in my generation, it, it is one that it has exploded a little bit. And so to start off, I want us to talk a little bit about what does alcohol do to your body? So a lot of times people don't even know what it's doing to your body and and. And I always think I'm huge on the educational piece of wellness. So let's dig into that a little bit. And these are these are topics that I discuss with my clients. So even if you, we had so many studies around drinking's good for you, yada, yada, yada. Yes, there are some positive benefits from drinking wine and having the antioxidants from grapes. However, what we're seeing now is even moderate drinking is causing issues with your brain. So alcohol affects that gray matter of your brain and that is that matter is in charge of controlling emotions movement memory and that is that outer layer of the brain tissue and what we're seeing is that alcohol truly affects that outer layer of the brain tissue and you can see that if anybody has ever overindulged um which I have you can see that it affects your emotions your movement your memory so 
knowing that piece that it's really affecting your brain is one of the reasons why I don't drink a whole bunch anymore. If you guys know me on a personal level, you know that um, my dad was diagnosed with dementia about five years ago. And a lot of it is from impact, from playing football, but I know how important the brain is. And so every single day I try to make choices that are really beneficial for my brain. That's not that I did not say I get everything right every day. But at the end of the day, when you watch a family member struggle like that, it really puts perspective of what's really important. And for me, it's keeping my brain as healthy as I can. At the end of the day, if whatever happens, at least I can look back and say, hey, I gave it my best shot. So knowing what it does to your brain is a big part for me on why I don't drink a whole bunch even more anymore. But even light drinking guys have shown to have impact on that gray matter. And when I say light drinking, it's just half there. The study was around half a pint of beer a day was associated with overall brain volume reduction. And so that's not a whole bunch. And if you look at how much we consume that that's indicating that we're having some some inflammation going on with our brain from alcohol. Alcohol is the piece that people have um, have been missing a lot in in their wellness game. They might be doing everything right, and then they're having some other issues, and they're not understanding that alcohol may have a play of a, a role in that. I always tell people, listen. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I want you to know the honest truth. The truth about alcohol is it is a toxin. I know when I drink alcohol, it is a toxin. There is no if and buts about around it. It's not good for you. It, your body is going to choose to filter out, filter out that toxin over your hormones, over fat, over carbs. It is going to choose that. So your body has to. Your body's this magical. Thing. And it is, it is very smart. And so it's going to get rid of that first, but, but there's a consequence to that. So as it's getting rid of that, other parts and pieces of your body might be suffering. So I think that's an important fact to know. And a lot of us skip over that fact. So remember that. Also, I tell clients, when you drink, you are 11, 10 to 11% more likely to consume processed food after you drink. We've all been there. You've had a few drinks and you want to reach for the greasy French fries, cheeseburger, whatever it might be, but you're more likely to reach for a less than healthy food choice when you're drinking. The old research of claiming that wine is so good for you is being rejected by many physicians because of all of those reasons that I shared with you. So it's not necessarily saying that it's terrible, but it's not necessarily saying that it's great. Um, a lot of people say, hey, there's no safe. A lot of physicians are now saying there's no safe level of alcohol that I want that they want you to consume. However, I take that with a grain of salt because, listen, guys, there's no safe level of anything that really is, I, I don't know, safe in the, this world, even our fruits and vegetables that you can find research that they have junk on them. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. And like I always say, go with what you feel is right and how your body is interpreting thing, things. What we're also finding is heart disease. Um, you might have some benefits from drinking the red wine, 
But then there's so many potentials for developing cancer and other disease that offset the potentials or the positives of the the wine. So, you know, is is you got to just, like I say, you're, you're going to find research for everything. And I think it's important to read some science around it that, that's new. And science is always changing. People are always, always like, well, the research said the re-. science is always changing. You know, it's not, it's not this black and white piece of information. But I always say your body is going to tell you the truth. And if you can learn to listen to that, and I don't mean listen for cues of fullness and stuff. That, that's hard. But if you can listen to how you feel, then that's going to give you the answers. But you got to listen and you got to be honest with yourself about how your body's truly feeling. Okay, a little bit about my story with alcohol. So I grew, I drank in college. I drank, consumed, even through like my 20s. When I had Preston at age 27, um, 26, 27, I obviously didn't drink while I was pregnant. And then I, it just started going, I started decreasing the amount that I drank. Um, and I never was a big at-home drinker. I was way more a social drinker. So I would only really drink if I was out or with friends. And that was, I mean, when you have children, that's so rare, at least with me. I mean, when I have kids, I really just kind of dove into that season of life. So fast forward, Preston will be 14 tomorrow. 14 years later, it's been a process with alcohol. I don't really drink a whole bunch anymore. I, I, I might not drink like for four months. It's just whatever I'm kind of feeling. What I found was that alcohol, I, I never was this, I never changed personalities when I drank. I never got mean or I never had issues with alcohol um, other than maybe feeling not as energetic the next day. But I was always someone that had a more balanced relationship with alcohol. What I did see was was friends and, and family not have the best relationship with alcohol. And I didn't want my kids to see that. And I didn't want them to always see me with a beverage in my hand and them associate that with how you relieve stress. I think I'm huge on role modeling with my kids. And I wanted them to see how you manage alcohol in a healthy way. My parents did a beautiful job of this. Um, My mom rarely drank. She would have a glass of wine here and there. My dad would have, you know, a couple beers if he was outside or hunting. But it was never this excess of, of consumption in our house. It was always balanced. So, And it was never made out to be this negative thing. You know, my dad always stress to us to not overconsume, and he was always had a really clear um, advice on that for us for many reasons, but he saw that in his personal family growing up, and he didn't want that for any of us, so it was never shown as this negative thing, so we always, my siblings and always, I always had somewhat of a balance with it. I mean, yes, we were in college, and we had a good time, but it was never a problem for any of us. So going forward to having children, I drank less and less, didn't drink a whole lot at home, felt better. I would consume alcohol here and there, drink wine, felt terrible after I drank wine. And then fast forward to 14 years, I really truly only drink tequila now. That's not to say I wouldn't try other things, but when I do drink, that is what I drink because it just doesn't make me feel bad. But I had this policy for myself when I do drink, it's kind of a four to six week 
lapse in between consumption. So what research is showing is that it takes your brain a little bit of time to rebuild after consuming alcohol. And that's the same thing, guys, with consuming certain foods or being exposed to certain things. You've got to give your body time to reset, kind of go back to your baseline. But if you're constantly giving it to it over and over and over and over again, it's never going to go. It's never going to reset. That's why this whole dry January, people come off of a dry January feeling really, really good. What happens usually in a dry January is they're like, I'm not drinking at all. And then they go back and it's like an extreme behavior. Same thing with anything we do as an extreme. But what I do like about the dry January is people really see how they feel without alcohol. And and I think... and. What's funny about alcohol is now the dry January is accepted. If if you, now let me just say, I have really great friends and family and they know, and I don't, I mean, I don't really care honestly what people think if I go out and have a water or if I go out and have a drink either, either way, I, I, I really just don't care what your, what your views are of me. Um, so it doesn't bother me. However, a lot of people have a problem with going out and not drinking because it's not socially Accept it as much. So a lot of people be like, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? You're no fun anymore. Um, and I've heard all that before too. Don't really care. It, do- it doesn't really bother me, but it bothers a lot of other people. However, this dry January has become this accepted thing. So people now feel um, the liberty to not drink for a month and then they feel great. So that goes along the line with saying, listen, this is your personal journey. You need to make the choice for yourself. Don't make your friends, don't make your partner, don't make anybody else make that choice for you if you don't want to drink. We've gotten to be this society of drinking, um, whether it's, it's, and we have been, we've been kind of tricked into thinking, especially women, into thinking that you have to have a glass of wine after a stressful day. Oh, wait, it's this holiday. Oh, we should drink. Oh, wait, it's this holiday. Mm, definitely should drink. Wait, I can't go trick-or-treating without drinking. You know, it's just this constant socializing, socializing with alcohol. And what purpose is that serving? You know, so it's almost more, it's almost accepted more to drink than to not drink, which is so mind-boggling to me these days. But in that to say, I see it all the time where it's just like giving mothers, especially this, this warped sense of entitlement to drink all the time. It's just like anytime you, you have a stressful day, turn to drinking. And I don't think that is what we should be doing, but that is what media, how many reels do you see about drinking and moms? And it, It's just interesting to me that that's what we want to role model to our kids. It's not to say never drink. It's just to say, is that really what what you want to do every time you feel the little bit of uh, uncomfortable feeling? You want to pop open a bottle of wine? Um, You know, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but I'm saying that might be an issue, not because of the consumption of alcohol, but what are you trying to avoid? So I see that a lot. So why are people drinking? And when I've worked with clients, this is what I do see. This is what I observe too um, in different social environments is, is why are you drinking? Is it to, is it because you can't be without it? You know, and that's a whole different spectrum, guys. This, this podcast is not about someone who needs 
is a true, and I hate the term alcoholic. I really do because I think it's so outdated. Um, I think there's a spectrum. And I, I think that relying on alcohol in any level to relieve something or to escape from something is not, it's problematic because it can lead into to really negative behaviors. But I hate the term alcoholic because I, I think it's so outdated. But this podcast isn't about people who really truly need day-to-day assistance and therapy. But it is to bring awareness to maybe you do need to revisit your relationship with alcohol. And that this is what this episode is about. So I see this a lot, avoidance. Two big things that we use for avoidance in, in my generation, our generation, is alcohol and social media. Watch yourself. Had a bad day. Had a moment. You, you hop on social media. Uh, not feeling great. I want to go meet friends and and drink some and drinks. Have some drinks. It's all about having some drinks, you know. And and what are you what are you trying to avoid? Are you trying to avoid negative feelings? Are you trying to avoid uncomfortable feelings? Are you trying to numb your emotions? I'm not really so concerned about the act of avoidance. I'm concerned about what you're trying to avoid. And that can lead to a just a plethora of wellness issues with yourself. So digging in with people over time, it, I see, okay, why, but why is it that you feel like you cannot not drink? Well, then how do I deal with all these emotions, Brady? How do, how do I deal with a stressful day? How do, how do I just socialize? How do I just let steam off? Well, that goes back to different definitions of, of stress relief. So how, how that is just, you got to dig deep. You got to dig deeper and you got to peel the layers. And then once you start peeling, you're going to, you're going to start getting some, some data on your body and how you process emotions, but you have got to process emotions. You have got to sit with it. You have got to stop numbing everything. You have got to stop avoiding all these emotions because then you, you have zero growth. And here's the deal, guys. If you're fine, if you want to go through life like that, then that's great. That, Like I said, that is your life, not mine. Don't care. I mean, I care about all of you. I want you to be happy, happy, but that's not for me to judge, and that's not my path. So it, it's for you. Now, if you truly are listening to this podcast and this episode for true growth in your wellness and in just in life, then you're going to want to dig in a little deeper about the reasons why you are consuming and when you are consuming. We have all been there. I have been there where you're just having a terrible day and you're like, God, I just want to go have a margarita and just just let loose for a second. But is that the right choice? Is that going to get you to where you need to be? And where I am, um, it's just not, you can have different seasons of life. Um, I think I've had my brother gets on me a good bit and and they have a great friend group and they go out a lot and they do a lot of things and and have a good time and he's like you're no fun anymore oh my god and we went to college together so of course like he remembers me when I was my 21 year old self and and that was a great self that was a great time and I lived it up and partied and it was so fun and we had a great time but I grow I change and the, my definition of fun is just a little different. So, and that's okay. And don't let anybody tell you that's not okay. I, I mean, we give each other a hard time, so it's not a problem. I don't take it personally. But 
I know a lot of people do with when people say that they're not fun anymore. And that's okay. You don't have to be someone else's fun. You can be your own fun, whether that's reading a good book, whether that's just chilling out, whether that's just being with your family. It doesn't matter. My definition of fun is probably a misery to a lot of people because I'm like, let's get up. Let's go run. Let's do yoga. Let's hang out. And then if we want to go to dinner and have some, a couple of drinks, then that's okay. Or you can go and you don't have to. It's just let your life be your life and not other people. So the media has definitely glamorized everything about alcohol. And I want you to start paying attention to that and how maybe you've been misled that that is what you were supposed to be doing. And, and why is it that drinking water at dinner is stupid? Why is that not as glamorized to be healthy and take care of yourself? Um, I don't know. Is it a moneymaker? I I don't know. Is it just where we are? I I don't know the answers to that, but be, become a little bit more aware of how socially alcohol looks and how we glamorize that look of it all. It's interesting to me how we glamorize something that can do so much damage to an individual or to a family. Um, And that's not to say that everybody who drinks is doing damage, but I do believe that we've become a society of constantly numbing our feelings through alcohol and just be just becoming more aware if you are doing that and becoming more aware if you are not doing that is a good thing as well because it makes you understand, hey, I don't I don't have any issues with that. That's great. I'm fine. So awareness is key. So how do you handle alcohol with what are the questions you need to be asking yourself? So this is when I have clients, these are the questions that I ask them. These are the conversations that we have around alcohol. And so the first one is, is a great one. It's like, what, what are you doing? What's it, how is it serving you? Um, I, I want to know, is it serving you in a positive way? Is it serving you in a negative way? Tell me the reasons why it's serving you. Tell me the reasons why it's not serving you. And then let's just compare. Is it doing you any favors? Um, if I've got a client who really, really, really needs to get or wants to get at a certain percent body fat or wants to look a certain physique, then if they're drinking three or four nights a week, I'm going to tell them that that's got to come down to one because I can't get you to where I need you to drinking like that. I just I physically can't. Um, and a lot of people don't realize, they'll say, it's not the alcohol, it's not the alcohol, but it is, it, it, it is. Like, don't stop looking at alcohol as calories and start looking at what is it doing to your sleep and your hormones. Those are not something that comes out like in neon lights, guys. It's not saying, hey, I screwed up your sleep last night, even though they're like, oh, I passed out, I've slept great. Well, did you really, did you really sleep great? You know, and, and you're not going to have a sign that says my hormones were all jacked up last night. It's not, especially in males, because you don't really even register, but all that negativity that you're doing to your body is decreasing your testosterone. So how's that helping you with your, with your goals, with your fitness goals? It's, it's truly not. So you might think that it's not bothering you, but trust, always say, hey, listen, you know, make me, make me wrong. Get rid of it for a month or, or tone it down for a month and let's see. They always come back with fantastic results and they're like, yeah, okay. Not to say, and, and notice that I did not say never have it. I know my clients. I do everything on a personal level. I am not a one size fits all person. I'm never going to tell you 
that's why I really enjoy meeting with clients because it's always different. I'm always going to tell you something different. Yes, I'm always going to have a whole foods diet, high protein. Those are all things that we can all work on. But when you get to the nitty gritty and when you get to these emotional pieces, then it's all going to be different for, for everybody. And, and that's the beauty of working with somebody. So also I ask them, what role do you want alcohol to play in your life? So what, what role do you want it to play? For me, it's, hey, I'd like to be able to go enjoy um, cocktails with friends here and there um, or not. I don't, I, I like alcohol to be like a dessert. I'll take it or leave it. I like it to be this part, this piece of my life that's really not a piece of my life. It's just there if I want it, not. It's very a nonchalant piece of my life. And that's what I want it to be. Um, and there if I like it, there if I don't. So, um, but identifying what you want it to be. You might be a person that says, hey, I want to go out with someone or I want to go out once a week and have some glasses of wine. Okay, um, then we'll, we'll look at that and we'll figure that out. But I still want you to identify what role you want it to have in your life. And then also, what needs do you need met? So like I said, you've got to figure out your needs and what your wants and your goals before we can tackle. And, and alcohol might seem like a little piece of it, but it can be a big piece depending on the person. My And remembering that I, I really want you to focus not just on the caloric intake. I have so many people, I, I put in my macros or the caloric intake is that. That's great and all guys, but like I said, focus on what it's doing internally. Also, I teach my clients what I want you to do before you drink. So Say I'm going to dinner. I am going to eat before I go to dinner. Eat before dinner, that's more calories. Yes, I know, but it is going to save you, trust me. So there's a study done that that individuals consume protein and fiber. Not a whole bunch, guys. 250 calories around protein and fiber before they drink. And they tested their blood alcohol level against people who didn't drink. Actually, I said that wrong. They fed them the protein and fiber for one outing and then had them drink the next outing. They didn't feed them protein fiber because it was the same person. It wouldn't work with other people. So, and then had them drink the same amount when they ate the protein and fiber, their blood, their actual physical blood alcohol level was lower in their body. So there is some truth to eating before you consume, but it depends on what you eat. So, eating this crazy high carbohydrate meal isn't going to help you a whole bunch. Um, but that protein and that fiber is going to help decrease things and, and make and make that consumption of alcohol a little bit easier on your body. My big thing is, hey, if I'm going to drink, how can I make my body have a little bit of an easier time with that? And that's one key. The next key is hydration. So if I do drink, I'm always drinking water with whatever I drink. Most of the time, if I do consume alcohol, it's a two-drink limit for me because that's all I really want. Um, and it's so rare that I do drink, guys. It's not. See, I'm different. That's why I said don't compare me to you to me because I, it's so rare that I am drinking these days that if I wanted like a mojito or a white Russian, my sister loves white Russians. So we always talk about the day where we're going to hang out and drink white Russians, but that's probably not going to happen for another 10 years. But but if I did want that, I'd be okay with doing that because not consuming that much. Second, so eat protein and fiber. Second, hydrate 
um, a lot. So when I say hydrate a lot, like I said, drink water in between, but also I do an electrolyte. I love Elemental Labs. I do it before bed. It is, it's got a little bit of salt in it. If you don't want to get that, I've had people just do a little tiny pitch of Himalayan salt in it. My mother-in-law gave Tyler and I this like salt water one time and it had the Himalayan salt rock in it. And you just have a little bit of that and it really truly helps um, you stay hydrated. So try those two things. Um, when you are consuming alcohol and it will help you a little bit negate the negative side effects. So back to some of the benefits that I get from not drinking that much is a couple things, guys. Um, in my day-to-day -day life that I am in now, I want to be like 100%. If you've met my children, like, you, you know, the reason why I call them Vikings is because not because they're out raiding cities and all the negative parts of Vikings, but they, it, my dad stayed with us one time. It was like eight years ago. And he said, my kids wake up like they're ready to conquer a city like Vikings. And, and it just kind of stuck with us. And so that's what we call them that because they're always, they're, they're ready. They're ready for stuff. And I have to be on my A game with them. Um, I have to be on my A-game physically, and I have to be on my A-game emotionally and mentally. I cannot raise them the way I, myself, and Tyler want to raise them if I am not 100%. And that is just my personal journey. So that's part of the reason I don't. Um, I want to be able to wake up. My, our kids don't sleep in. Our kids are ready to rock and roll, and so therefore we are ready to rock and roll. I have them for 18 years, and those 18 years I can... I can focus and be really 100% for them. There are days I am not 100%, but most of the time I try to do everything I can to be that way for them and for Tyler. So speaking of relationships that with alcohol, you've got to be able to be on the same wavelength with each other. And I think sometimes alcohol can have a negative effect. So you want to be able to be supportive to each other and to be a hundred percent towards your partner. So just getting on the same wavelength as for with each other and communicating that is important. So also along with hundred percent, I wanted to be clear. Um, like I said, mom of three boys, wife running my own business. I'm always having these little creative projects on the side with, with my business and helping people. I don't want to show up working with somebody and, and do it half-assed. I just, I'm not going to do it that way. Um, it, it's just really no point in do things if you don't do it 100%. That's how I was taught. That's how my dad taught me. That's how my parents always um, role modeled for us. And uh, I'm not going to show up to a client and not be 100. And I want to be clear. I want to be able to think and, and be mindful and just be present. And in order for me to do that, I had to get rid of everything that was causing it. And you can say, Brady, that is so woo-woo. Like, I can totally go out and drink and be clear. That's cool. That's you. And that's fine. But there is a lot of research around very successful entrepreneurs, very successful business um, CEOs that do not drink. Very successful actors that do not drink. Very creative people that do not drink because... It, it's one of those things that it makes you less than clear and totally fine if you want to keep doing it. But for me personally, 
that was another reason. I, I just needed to be my A game. Um, and I just, <coughs> excuse me, I just, it, it just got to a point where I just, I said, hey, we're, we're here for a reason. I want to, I want to really focus on growth. And that's what I do. And it's okay if you don't. And it's okay if you listen to this and say, oh my God, she's really dumb. And I want to drink every day of my life. And that's totally fine. I want you to get something out of this as far as, hey, what is some research around it? What are some false information that we are being handed around it? And also bringing awareness. How is it in your life? How is it affecting your life? Maybe just listening to this podcast, you can just start to bring awareness to what you're doing with your relationship with alcohol. And also, if you're having trouble with weight loss or you're having trouble with wellness, that is definitely a piece to the puzzle. I'm not saying it's all. People will be like, oh, I need to give up alcohol because I'm just screwing everything up. Well, what, what are all the things that we're doing? You know, it's a piece to the puzzle. Remember that. It, it's just one of those things that for me, when I got to this really solid point, it was that last piece that needed to be removed um, for a bit and kind of like see how my body was without it, not just physically, but emotionally too. Um, and and you'd be surprised how, how good you feel and you'd be surprised how much you don't really miss it. So takeaways too, um, make sure you realize how you're using it. My biggest thing is don't use it to escape feelings or emotions. At least sit in those emotions for a hot second before you go open the bottle. You know, I always say just sit in them for a hot second. Just just absorb it. And, and then, you know, if you make that choice, that's fine. We'll talk about it the next day. But, you know, still just stop for a second before. And last but not least, guys, don't let anybody tell you it's not your choice. Alcohol consumption, along with any wellness part of your life, is your choice. It is nobody else's choice. How you have a relationship with food, alcohol, exercise is your choice. It is your body. It is how your body processes all of the above. And, and y'all, it doesn't happen overnight. Remember, it is a journey. You have got to be patient. Don't get mad at yourself if you did dry January and you're off you know, drinking all the time. You've got to be patient. Anything with wellness, you have got to be patient. It's not like when you're in your 20s and, you know, it took one day to kind of hop back, you know. It's just different. Your body's different. So you, you've got to give it some patience and you've got to just embrace that journey um, and be confident in whether you choose to have drinks or whether you choose not to have drinks. Be confident in your choices around your personal choices. And I hope you guys got something from today. And please message me, DM me if you have any questions, concerns. If you have any topics you want me to cover, I'd be more than happy. I am working on having some guests. Um, I've got to get the technology part of the podcast figured out. But I am going to have some awesome guests coming up in a few months. And I think you guys will like hearing someone other than just my voice. But thank you guys again for listening. And I'm wishing you all health, love, and happiness. Have a wonderful day, friends.